guys, welcome to The Roundtable. This is episode 116. I'm Jenny Walker, the social media ministry leader here at Life Church, And this is Mike Hill. He is our lead pastor. <laughs> and sitting in between us is Joel Childs. What are you laughing at? Because uh, <laughs> you remembered. We didn't even talk about it before. On what, number. the number? Yeah. So I was just like, I'm fascinated every week. Like you Good. just keep getting better and better. Thank you. Thank uh, you. I was laughing because I didn't think he liked to be referred to as the head of anything. No, well, right. yeah, yeah, we've went through this. Right, like, I could be okay with Mike Hill, but yeah. Yeah. We'll go ahead and stick with this. Mike Hill farmer extraordinaire. <laughs> no, like I. Guy yeah. struggling cowboy. to just get through the day. No, I, <laughs> no I, cowboy. I, yeah. Okay. You like, want me yeah, to if I can pick that? and identify, I want to be a cowboy, okay. but right. I'm a wannabe. So <laughs> next yeah. week, everything next, what next week I'll introduce you as a cowboy that cowboy. you are. Yeah. I said at our family get together, so we were having everybody over and they're like, do you think dad's like John Dutton? Cause they all just started watching. Oh, Yellowstone. Yellowstone. Oh, they uh-huh. did. And I'm like, I want to be Rip. I don't want to be John Dutton. <laughs> yeah. They're like, you are not Rip. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, come on. That's, that's your the, dream. That's the guy I want to be. Yeah. I don't know if I want to be John Dutton. Why do I want to be John Dutton? Is he not cool? Have you not watched it? No. Oh. It's it's a soap opera set. It's a on a, what? A, uh, <laughs> it's what a did soap, you just say? It's hundred percent. Oh my head. gosh! I, I can't I believe it. Joel Child just called Yellowstone. Yeah, seriously, anybody that are Yellowstone fans, please <laughs> smack Joel Childs for calling I, it a soap opera. It's a insult. soap opera set on a ranch. It hundred percent is. It's <laughs> drama, 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 <laughs> all day long. Okay, that, so so. Somebody that watches Days of Our Lives. Yes. And yeah. they like and Westerns, then they'll dig Yellowstone. No. No. Thank you, Jamie. I say no, the same thing of Justified. It. Who? Justified. Do you ever, I don't know what Justified is. Don't worry is. about it. Is this something I should it's watch? It's a soap opera set in Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What? Yeah, so we'll have to look that up. Oh, my god. This is something that you can find on Netflix? I, one of those. Well, how do you know about it? Yeah. It was on FX. Okay. So I, I'm, it's streamed somewhere. Okay. Yeah, fine. Wow. Justified. We're at Kentucky. Um. Well, technically it was filmed in Canada, but it was filmed in Harlan, Kentucky. Yeah. Um, Is which Eastern? By, yeah, I'm not sure how that Harlan. makes sense. Technically it was filmed in Canada, but it was filmed in Kentucky. <laughs> no, it was set in Kentucky. But it was set oh, in, set in so Kentucky. The Got place it. it was set was about um, on the other side of the mountain from where we did the mission strip, oh. which was Harlan. So oh, it was set right. in that area. Yeah, the, the good side of it. Whatever. Our mission strip was between Hazard and Harlan. On a mountain, oh, right? Hazard. Yeah, Hazard. The Duke's a Hazard. Not oh. the same thing. Sorry. What? Sorry. <laughs> well, where was Duke's a Hazard? I, set in. I can't remember. Hazard, Kentucky. Yep, sounds about sure. right. Sure. We'll oh, go with that. Gosh. I mean, that's not true, but You're we'll go with me, that. What are you talking about? You wouldn't go down there and find Uncle Jesse? <laughs> oh. Are you telling me you were not a Duke's a Hazard fan? Uh, I, it was a little before my time. I definitely watched it a little bit growing up. Listen, I'm 38, not 48. <laughs> what about the Jessica Simpson version? Did you watch that one? With Johnny Knoxville? Yeah, it was yeah. terrible. It was yeah. what? I the loved movie. it. The, I know, I loved oh, okay. it. The recent I mean, one? it wasn't like Willie Nelson was Jesse and... Yeah. 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 I mean, the whole like pot like that... Je- Uncle Jesse'd smoke pot. I'm not sure about <laughs> Man, that. Man, you part. remember way more of it than I do at I this know. point. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you a movie that I really remember, the Avatar in the Water one. Yeah. Did you I watch love that the one? Avatar movies. No. My wife can't do movies that long, and if she can't do it, we usually don't watch it. <laughs> can't do it that long, meaning she she can't sit there they and watch long. a movie for three and a half hours. You could that one. Uh, she didn't make it through the first Avatar. Okay, this one's better yeah, than the this first one. Yeah, this one, the re- most recent one. Yeah, yeah. the one with so the water. Good. It is so the one good. In the water. Yeah. Sarah cried at the end. She did? Really? Cried. <laughs> at the end. I looked over there and I'm like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm like, well, she's like, at least I have emotions. <laughs> oh, oh that's Sarah. totally something my wife would yeah, say. That, that's, wow. that's, somewhat, that's somewhat true. Fair yeah, criticism. I'm, I'm somewhat that way. All right. But yeah. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that's why that works because decisions sometimes have to be made taking emotions out of it. Yeah, that's for sure. And <laughs> that's why my, my wife and I work. Just take no, you don't have any emotions either? Um, I mean, I do, but I like to hide them and I'm pretty good at it. Do you cry? It. I mean, I can. I know, but do you? Uh, yeah. Like, what makes you cry? Yeah, I don't think you can cry. Um, 
What do you, you don't think he can cry? No. Okay. Yeah, he needs well, to prove it. I, uh, again, we, we discussed this off podcast, okay. but my dad being a field director, I was grown up. I grew up around death. So you grew so, up crying? No, that's not what I was going to, that okay. been real rough childhood. I cried every time dad had a funeral. Um, no, not, no, no, no. Yeah. Um, so death in general, unless it's a significant loved one of mine really doesn't affect me too much. What do I cry? So I you're know. like, if somebody dies and it's a tragedy, it's like, oh, well, I've seen tons of bodies. Well, like. I, if it's someone young or a baby or certain situations for sure. But in general, especially if I know they're a Christian, like, mm. eh. yeah, well, I didn't I say mean, eh. <laughs> that's not what I said. I'm just like, okay, well, they're in a better place. Good for them. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but, so nothing else like wells emotion up in you. Um, I mean, there's things, but no, not really. Wow. Wow. What about you, Jenny? Um, dog movies. <laughs> That's like, my wife. Do you remember? Uh, it was with the two dogs. And Marley they were, and me? No, they were on okay. vacation. So this was my first experience Two dogs were on vacation? No, okay, I'm, I'm explaining it wrong. So <laughs> get it this out. was my first experience. Thank you. This was my first experience of crying at a movie, okay? So it was Homeward Bound. The, dude, I was totally thinking yes. Homeward Bound. Two yes, dogs and golden, a cat. Yes, two dogs and a cat. Yeah. So where the golden gets stuck in the hole, uh-huh. I was bawling like a baby at, at like 12 Dur- and, in or the movie. 10 or 9. Yes. In the movie. Yeah. Nick, do you cry at movies? Um, usually not. Okay. But Nick has emotions. He does. Yeah. I see him, I <laughs> yes. see him on stage every once in a while. If he really gets into the uh, music, yeah. Yeah, Troy every once in a while is the same way. Who? Yeah. Troy. Yeah. 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 Like, is there something particular, Nick, that makes you like emotional? Uh, sad movies. Yeah. Could, is yours Homeward Bound too? Is that the sad movie? <laughs> it's a sad Why one. Which oh, one? my girl. My girl. The, yeah. Dies from the, uh, uh, from being stung. By a bee? Yeah, bees. But yeah. No, I choose to not watch sad movies. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I'm sad enough. Like, I don't know. <laughs> There's enough tragedy that I yeah. hear every yeah. day. I don't want to go watch a movie. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to pick the funny ones. I yeah. honestly usually laugh at really emotional parts in movies because I usually think this is so ludicrous. <laughs> Are you that guy? Are you that guy like that watches a movie and be like, ah, this is, even though it's a, it's a true story, but they didn't make it up to your cinema quality. So you're like, oh, this is cool. Well, I, I don't know about cinema quality. I'm not Lance Clark. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, there are things, if it's a, okay. If it's a real life event, a movie about a real life event okay. and it is tragic, you will get me emotional because okay. it's real. Okay. But in general, if I know it's fake, yeah. I'm just not going to get emotionally invested in it. Okay. And so if I'm not emotionally invested, so there's not sort of some sort of emotional, intimate connection there that makes it real. I'm out. Okay. Well, let's talk about that right now. Then what are you emotionally invested in right now? Like what Ooh. gets your emotions moving? Like what is it that's like? You know, all the things passionate? I thought we would talk about, huh? it was it was not going to be this. Although I didn't know what we would talk about. Well, neither do we. Yeah, that's part of the fun of the podcast. Part of the podcast is like we're not exactly sure, um, but I love talking about things that are like people are emotionally attached to things that just so get them fired up. We're, we're getting a little personal, which I got no issues with, um, but. Um, over my, growing up over um, my life, we have a real small family. My dad's an only child and my mom has one brother and, um, there's three of us. So I've got two other brothers, one of which is a twin. And then, so yeah, there's An two of us. Wait, Fraternal, but we look very similar. You're a twin? You're a twin? I am. Wow. wow. I don't know how I missed that, but. That's a big fact. <laughs> that like people normally share. Actually. Perry helped out here at one point 10, 15 years ago with some audio stuff. I don't remember oh, what wow. it was. Okay. So anyway, um, but um, there were some family things going on and through the death of my grandfather and this and that and some other things, long story short, we really reconnected um, as a family, um, okay. which was awesome um, because we really never had any family connections. I mean, outside of my 
um, immediate family, my extended family was my wife's extended family. Cause I saw mm-hmm. them way more than I saw any of my own. And it's unfortunate, but, um, a blessing with my grandfather's passing, we've been able to reconnect and there's been some growing pains through that. And just trying to figure out a life where for the first, again, I'm 38. So the first 36 years of my life, they, they didn't exist. Wow. And so that gets me emotional, um, trying to navigate that and figure that whole thing out and deal with, um, just drama that comes with dealing with family. Um, well worth it, but that gets me emotional. Is Um, there, is there something going on in the world today that you're emotionally invested in? Um, Something that just likes like, oh, yeah, that, this cause, that thing. Like gets you on fire. Yeah. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly. Because again, I mean, for that. Like like politics. Something that's on. So the first thing is, this is something weighing on my heart. Right. right? This is something that I want to rekindle, redo, and we're navigating that. But is there something that like lights the fire in Joel Childs? Yeah, I think anything. So like mission work, I am... I mean, the main reason for me personally, and I think I can speak for my wife here, that we gravitated to Life Church, I don't know, eight, 10 years ago, was that um, making things personal. As I said, I don't really get emotionally invested unless there's a relationship. And so, like, church for me is nice. But like small group is by far the most important thing for me. And it always has been. And like when we were diving into church shopping and uh, that sort of thing, like one of the things here was, is like you talked about that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, clearly we see eye to eye. And so (laughs) doing things with people I do life with Mm -hmm. and what they're emotionally invested in, I want to be as well. So things that um, friends are invested in. I can, I get emotional about that. Like the missions trip. Um, like there was, there was a woman during the, the, uh, food giveaway that we did. And, um, she was telling me, so our job was during the food giveaway was to just be there for people, talk with them, pray with them and help them gather food and take it back to their vehicle. And, and just in that short period of time, at least do life. Mm -hmm. And the very first woman I met, um, we're standing in line waiting for it to open. And it was her. And I think it was her daughter-in-law and she starts telling a story and it's a crazy story. And she tells a story, I mean, long story short, um, husband has had horrific health events and hasn't been able to work. And it took him 20 years to get disability. Wow. One son um, gets out of the military just in time to drive back to Kentucky to be by his grandfather's side. So he, and then he passes and one son, um, gets shot in the leg and a drug deal gone bad. And then another son is working a bulldozer on a strip mine on top of a mountain in Kentucky and the mountainside gives way. And he falls in an excavator, 400 and some odd feet, breaks his back, breaks his neck, breaks his ribs, breaks all sorts of things crawls out of it, drives himself home <gasps> and showers and then is discovered. And he's in such bad shape. They have to medevac him out. Oh, wow. So they take a helicopter. And when you're in these sort of areas of Kentucky, you can't just put a helicopter down. And so the nearest open spot was a baseball field. And they're like, okay, we're going to transport you to this school. And his mom was like, okay, I got to go. I'll meet you there because she had to go to the school to tell this guy's kids who are at school at that time, hey, you're going to see your dad coming in. Helicopter is going to take him to Lexington. And she just goes on and on about these this story. And I'm like, that's crazy. How's he doing? Always oh, walking around, all this sort of stuff. He can't move his neck and he can't move his torso side to side. But outside of that, he's doing really, really well. And I'm like, that's crazy. How long did that take? And she was like, oh, I don't know. Um, the accident happened a year and a half ago. And I was like, are you kidding? And so wow. she's 
telling me all these stories. And I literally said to her, I was like, you got to stop. I'm getting too emotional. I just want to pray for you. Uh-huh. And so like those sort of things I will get emotional about because I'm involved with it. Um, so it's personal to me. So I would guess I would say to, you know, bring this whole thing back. If someone I am close to is emotionally invested in it, or it is close to me personally, and I'm not saying that's right or wrong, mm-hmm. but that's who I am, the good, <laughs> the bad, the ugly, right. that will get me emotional. Um, so we'll talk about your small group experience. So okay. talk, mm-hmm. talk through the, the concept of looking at, do you want so, me to say it? Do you want what? me to, isn't that funny? funny story? Yeah. Let's hear how great we are. Yeah. Let's oh. try, well, because I think it's fun. I mean, you guys have been, I think through letters of the church. I yeah. Feel like we I, did, we did that together. Yeah. So, I mean, you guys as a group have been through the concept of how do you do big church because you got a guy in your small group, mm-hmm. Nick, mm-hmm. who is making big church happen. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, his whole job is to the production side of right. oh, yeah. big church. And now, and you guys are in small group. So talk about your small group. Talk about maybe sure. some monumental moments, like some things that have been <laughs> I don't say life changing, but things yeah. that have been significant. Yeah, significant. Um, so, Nick, should I say what I said to you then? I mean, which is Do sort it. of funny. Which time? Do well, it. about when when uh, Mike was there. Oh no! Just say it. Yeah, come on, just, 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 just say it. Just bring it out. So, um, a few, I don't know, maybe a month ago. I don't know. Here recently, but a little while ago, <laughs> we were discussing, and we kept having the same oh. conversations in our group. And we're like, and we kept bringing up letters to the church. And then Nick and I were talking on a Sunday and he was like, why don't we just read that? It's been probably four or five years. Clearly we need to. So after Labor Day, we're actually going to start that book again. And the last time we did it, it really, in a good way, Mm -hmm. upset the entire group. And there was a lot of people who were really pushed outside their comfort zone. And through that conversation, one of the things I had said to Nick, and he said, well, you should say that when you do the podcast. I was like, I don't know. And he's like, well, if you don't, I might (laughs) tell you to. (laughs) Nick might just say it anyway. And I said, one of the best things that ever happened to our group was you leaving it. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I would would not disagree, but maybe you should explain it. Well, yeah, yeah. There's more to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's it. All right. See you guys. Don't see you next week. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. No, what had happened was, is I really felt like where we at as a group had just developed into just another Sunday listening. And there wasn't Mike. Because he well, was not necessarily about Mike, <laughs> but um, because Corbin and um, Ernie were a big part of that. Oh. And they, they had really great conversations, but it wasn't super personal because when Mike's involved, there's a gathering, which yeah. is not a bad thing. Not, that's not criticism, so don't take it that way. <laughs> but when a group reaches a certain mass, and, and yeah. Francis Chan in that book would say around 12 people, right. you lose a personal connection there. Right. And after a certain period of time, I was like, this is great. We're really diving into the message. There's really good information here, but I need more than that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I was really contemplating about you know, leaving or starting another one or whatever. Yeah. I wasn't sure what. Because you've always done small groups. No, I haven't always done small groups. I mean, as long as I've known you. I mean, yes. you, for yeah. Adam Shoemaker, you were a big yeah. influence yeah. in mm-hmm. Adam's life. And yeah. Then, you know, when Adam was trying to figure out institutional religion. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, yeah, and, and, and that wasn't was the going same to church me. and you were, mm-hmm. you had him in a small group. And so, uh-huh. I mean, you've done it a lot. Yeah. That, the, at least from what I know. The long and the short of that is how I came to small group is my wife and I, and this is a story for another time, used to live in Kentucky near where we did the, the mission work. And we lived there for um, three years. And um, in general, the only way we survived as a couple in, in a marriage and, and um, our faith was getting involved with a church that was big in small groups. Right. And it really opened up my eyes to how important it is to be in a place where you can be so personal, intentional, and intimate with a group of people outside of your marriage. Right. And, and that just wasn't getting filled. And so when 
again, not criticism, when you had moved on, started a new thing or, mm-hmm. or whatever it was, yeah. it left us in a place like, okay, what, what is this now? What do we do with this? Mm-hmm. And we made this into this new whatever mm-hmm. and it's, and it's different and it was, it is what it is now today. So there was a foundation that was created through you. But when you left, it allowed us to build that group into what it is today. Yeah, for sure. And just letters to the church, so everybody oh, who's yeah, listening yeah. or watching is a Francis Chan book. Yeah. And the, I think the hardest thing for people today is, is that when you read the book, people tend to land one way or the other. Mm-hmm. It's stupid, and let's go back and do big church. Mm-hmm. Or big church is stupid, and let's just have house churches. Mm-hmm. Very few people, have, I think, have really embraced the fact of— you know, Francis Chan, if you know him at all, I mean, his message is just let's get it done. Mm-hmm. Like, let's make a difference in the world. And if you're just going to big church and you're not making a difference, you can still not make a difference in small church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or you can not make a difference in small group. Right? Sure. Oh, yeah. And I think you guys have embraced, at least because I'm still on the group chat. You oh, know, are I'm, you? I really? don't know that I'm supposed to be, <laughs> but I'm still on the group chat. When, when was the last time you posted anything? I don't post oh, anything, but I read funny. every one Do of you them. really? Oh, yeah. The, <laughs> <laughs> took me a while to figure out That's the whole group awesome. me thing. Like when you guys would be like, check this out. I'm like, I don't nothing to check out on there. <laughs> and then you have to tap on the link and it goes to whatever. You that may want to talk is. to Bruce about that. Cause like he's still like, oh. <laughs> oh my yeah, so, I mean, I keep up on it, but the, I would see and hear from the people that are group. The one things that you guys have embraced is life church gathering on a Sunday morning has a place mm-hmm. and small group has a place. Both of those equip us yeah. to be able uh-huh. to do ministry into the world. And that's what you guys are figuring out how to focus mm-hmm. on. And I would assume that there have been some, at least from what I've heard, some deep relationships mm-hmm. where at different times, people who have been hurting, the small group steps in, mm-hmm. the small group's a part of, the small group checks on and on. The small group is acting as we think mm-hmm. every small group should, which is like a small church. Yeah. Oh, right? for sure. You yeah. Uh, technically a small group of men yeah. or a small church of men, but yeah. Yeah. But, but uh, you guys are not only gathering to get information. Oh, no, no, no. It's you way know, more than that. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, I mean, have there, so in that, or have there been some, can you share maybe one story of something that's been monumental that you've, that's happened inside of your small group that'd be like, like this was something that, you know, we can look on and say like, this made a difference mm-hmm. or we did this. I, it doesn't have to be monumental, but just something you can remember about. I think that, um, I think the the biggest person who's probably been affected in total life change is probably Don. And Don has really stepped into sort of that father role of the, of the group. And um, that influence has been significant in so many people's Mm -hmm. lives. Um, You know, we've had, there were, I mean, I, there, there are quite a few. I don't necessarily want to say them because some yeah, of no. it's really, really personal. Yeah, no, for mm-hmm. sure. I don't want so, you. So, but I would say that like the person Davis, who's now on the praise team was six months ago to who he is today yeah. is a direct yeah, reflection different. of being very personal, being very intimate and being very um, purposeful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that all started through Don, by the way, of just feeding into somebody's in a really difficult situation. And then also seeing that development because now he's in a place where instead of being in the group and talking about all of these issues that he's dealing with, he's on the front saying, Hey, what's God doing in your life? And he's now pushing the envelope. And so, I mean, again, there's so many, but that's just one in the last six months, I would say. Yeah. And and just to give some people like a brief history, because I think this is an important lesson, right? The whole idea of, I think Don's small group is the epitome of what we would want to happen being that. So I started the small group with Mm -hmm. Don because Mm -hmm. Don was at a place like, what do you do next? Mm -hmm. And so I'm a starter. So I'm the type of person to be like, let's just start a small group. Don, I don't want to have it at my house. You host it at your house. And like you said, you, you get a lot of people, you know? And so for me, it came to the place where I was like, 
my use has ran out here, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. for sure. Like my use and what is happening because it's a gathering of a bunch of guys that should be doing their own thing. Yeah. You know, and there's too many guys here that should just be doing their own thing. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm keeping everybody in a room when they need to go out. Yep. So when I leave, you know, essentially it's like, what do we do with the group? Mm-hmm. And here's what I love about it. Don did what he could do. Yeah. You did what you yeah. could do. Yeah. And everybody did their part. Mm-hmm. And that's what made that group special. And when Nick was there, because he likes to take huge <laughs> sabbaticals from it. You got called out. But you know what I mean? Because oh, Don yeah. just flat out said, what do I do now? Yeah. And I'm like. You lead it. Yeah. I said, you lead it. And and could just mean just open up your house mm-hmm. and yeah. identify a leader in your group. And so he identified you know, you as the leader, you know, essentially as the teacher, mm-hmm. you know, in that group and that he's the host and that, you know, the people around, everybody's contributing and everybody's caring, but it didn't have to be special. Like it just happened. Like it was, we need to gather, we will take who's left, continue to gather and yep. then let God mm-hmm. do instead of just being like, Oh, the leader left. And so mm-hmm. we don't have any idea yeah, what to do next. Do I mean, yeah. the idea is community Trump the person, mm-hmm. right? And community should always Trump the person leading it. Oh, you know? for sure. But, but the idea was we all just did our part. So you have mm-hmm. a gift to be able to teach. I mean, I haven't been in one of them, but I've heard mm-hmm. that you have a gift to be able to bring discussion, yeah. you know, to the table to lead discussion. Don obviously being able to be the father figure or open up his house and do mm-hmm. things. And I just think is I think it's a good teaching lesson for all of us to learn that community will trump everything mm-hmm. and that it's worth fighting for. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Instead of just giving up, community is worth fighting for. <clears throat> I mean <laughs> we used to meet at Don's house. Yeah, it's under construction right now. Yeah. But, but yeah, you guys are then, here now. Yeah. We meet yeah. here now until uh, Don and uh, there's some drama there, believe it or not. <laughs> construction and drama. Right. Uh, um, but I think the coolest thing is, is there really are no assigned roles. Period. There's some assumed. Yeah. I would say assumed roles. Yeah, assumed roles. And it, and I think th- because life works that way because that person that you used to be going, yeah, sorry, that person you used to be able to go to may not be available in that right, sort of time. Right. And that's fine. And the small group works that way because for certain seasons of life, mm-hmm. you may not be available for a little while yeah. or whatever. And it, and it allows sort of a, an ebb and flow or a flex to, um, you know, who's really feeling it that day. Right. Like, Dave would be a prime example. Um, a few weeks ago, man, that man was on fire and he was just, and he led the discussion and six months ago, that wouldn't have been him. And, and I think one of the best things is because it, again, it reflects real life this way is that there, even today there's a change in who's doing what and whose role they have. And I think that's great because of the development. Yeah. The thing that I want to emphasize though, that it's hard to know, Unless you're in the group. Oh, yeah. You guys have done what I think is vitally important. You have said community and relationships over everything, Mm -hmm. right? So you're going to learn the Bible. Like, but I've always said this, and I I always refer back to Francis Chan. When he wrote Crazy Love, he said, quit reading and start doing. Uh So I wouldn't, he just flat out said, I made me cry. You want to talk about something made me cry? (laughs) I sat down on a bucket while I was feeding calves and I'm listening to it. Sat down in the corner as Uh the calves were eating and cried. (laughs) Because calf is probably like, what the heck is going on? Because it was so monumental to me because it was so foundationally true. We read and know so much more than what we do. And so you guys have created a place where you're going to study and you're talk, but relationships and, and being together uh-huh. is going to trump how much knowledge you have. Oh, I, there are plenty of times where we may only spend, I mean, we, I would say on norm, most of the time we meet for an hour and a half or so, right. and maybe 20 minutes of that is actually diving into, you know, what the message was about or that sort of thing. It's almost always about like, how's your life? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what impact, what scriptures speak into you, yeah. what's going on and how can we help you? Right more than anything else. Right. Yeah. So we've spent 28 minutes talking about. Holy moly. <laughs> well, hey, small groups are that important. No, listen, yeah, but I, again, so, so that people can get to know you. Oh, a little okay. Bit. Yeah. So let, okay. let's talk through that. So most influential time in your life or person in your life or both something that's really shaped, shaped you, a person who has shaped you or a 
something that has shaped you and mm-hmm. maybe it's both. Um, I mean, growing up, definitely my father was a, a big influence and then into adulthood that time in Kentucky, the pastor we had, Jeremiah, um, was very influential of how to navigate life and be a person of faith and combine them together Okay, and actually live that out and not just put God in a box and mm-hmm. when it's convenient, mm-hmm. bring him out. Um, I would say those things, um, and after that, it's honestly, it's small groups. So whether it was meeting with Adam or this group or, or whatever it was, um, because whenever doing life with someone, you get emotionally invested in them. And mm-hmm. when they have a success, you have a success. And when they're hurt, you're hurt as well. Mm-hmm. And so that's, I would say what my big influence is now is, or who's feeding into me, that sort of thing is just people I do life with. Right. Um, and I don't, maybe that sounds generic cause I'm back to talking about small group, well, um, no, I mean, we're but back I think that to speaks what, to the influence it has on me. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we're back to saying what, for lack of a better term, I just don't think people want to talk about this. The fact mm-hmm. that Uh-oh. the bottom line is relationships change everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Institutions don't change things. That's what we've always said. Like Life church will not change one person. Right. No, not I agree. One person. Uh-huh. Coming to a gathering of people will not change. It might motivate, it might inspire, mm-hmm. it might even bring emotion, mm-hmm. but it will not bring life change. Yeah. It just absolutely will not. It has to trigger something deeper. It has to trigger mm-hmm. deeper relationships deeper relationship with Christ and a deeper relationship with other people. And then people willing to foster that. Like, I think part of what you were saying is something I think, especially men shy away from, which is authentic relationships. Yeah. So the amount of men who join a group and just think, ah, whatever. And then within, I don't know, three, four weeks, maybe month and a half, they realize, holy cow, I've been missing out on this. Right. And it's this masculinity. What? And that's funny coming from me, my wife, who doesn't, I don't think she listens to these. So she would, I'm laugh sure at she me. will. Well, yeah, yeah, actually she knows I'm on here, so I'm sure she will, <laughs> uh, would laugh. But the idea that to be vulnerable and, yeah. and emotional and intimate, um, period, whether it's your wife or just a random group of guys is just so off putting. Mm-hmm. But once you're in it and you're invested into it, you realize how important it is. I mean, I would rather do small group than Sunday church. Mm-hmm. I would because it's more meaningful for me. And, and I love, I love Sunday church mm-hmm. right. and I get something out of Sunday church. I mm-hmm. just get more out of mm-hmm. being in circles instead of rows. Right. Right. I, I also think that being in small group, I've always said this, that like, if I look at, not always in my adulthood, if I look at my relationship with my wife and being again, personal, intimate, so on and so forth, if things aren't right, a lot of times I go back to where am I at with God right now? Mm -hmm. And there's a cascade effect coming out of that, that, Hey, if it's not right here and that's my foundation, it can't be right anywhere else. And so being in small group and hearing, there was one point where in group, we probably had, I don't know, four, I think four guys going through a divorce. And I told them, I was like, this is not criticism. I want you to know this is a silver lighting. You guys are telling me these stories and like, it hurts my heart to hear these stories, but I want you to know, it also motivates me so much more in my own marriage to know what I have and to appreciate what I have Mm -hmm. through your own experiences. So even though, you know, you're wading through this hell right now, I'm hearing it and it is impacting me and making me a better person, a better Christian, a better husband. And so a lot of this, what I gain from this is a direct reflection of how I do life and how I do relationships with other people and with my wife. Um, because I wasn't the same person, been married 14 years. I wasn't the same person today as I was five years ago and certainly not 10 years ago. And that is a direct reflection of these people feeding into me. And, and you say, what makes you emotional and that sort of thing? I mean, 10 years ago, I'd have said nothing really. Nothing at all. But then I figured out, wait a second, I can't do real personal. I can't do heart level conversation events, whatever, unless I meet them there. Right. And Mm -hmm. if I can't meet them there, then I can't affect them at that level. 
And if I can't affect them at that level, I'm not having a real conversation with them. Yeah. And I think let's talk about that for a second, because this is for me, like the biggest hang up for men. Sure. Right. So when it comes to being in a small group, because this is me, like I, I don't want to share my feelings. Okay. (laughs) So, I mean, like that's a, when you're talking about the masculine, I think people misunderstand even what you said, Okay, you know, from the standpoint of saying like, oh, we got, you know, we get these group of guys together and they, you know, they share where they're at, which again, I think for a lot of guys feels weird. You know, the idea that I'm going to come and share Mm -hmm. my heart, Mm -hmm. you know, with you. But I think what you have to buy into is the long game, right? Mm -hmm. So the long game is, and this is what I've said about small groups. So over time, you develop those types of relationships Mm -hmm. with people. No Mm -hmm. one's asking you to sit in a room with 20 guys and be like, let me lay it, let me say, but over time, when you build relationships, things are going to happen that happen that could have never happened without a small group. So my example is, so the first small group that I did with Don at Don's house so uh, it was one of the first major surgeries that Sherry had. Mm-hmm. And it had been like, yeah, we'd just been gone. We'd been away. Like things were just happening. And that small group showed up at our house. They did all of our wow. landscaping. landscaping. They, cut, yep. yeah, wow. they, yep. they cut all of our trees. Mm-hmm. They did all the stuff that, you know, we, again, and Couldn't that, you want to talk about something that makes you emotional. Yeah. A man yeah. having another man choose uh-huh. to give up their time to come and serve. Right? I remember that Saturday. It was awful oh, weather, Oh, it was too. terrible. It was rain and pa- sleet. They power washed, too. Yeah, power washed the side wow. of the house. Yeah, like, it was But the point weather. was that that first gave me this picture of, you know, sometimes my my basement isn't leaking. Yeah. And sometimes plugged it's leaking. It's just pl- yeah. They plugged holes, yeah. which... I will remember for the rest of my yeah, life. Yeah, the yeah. same thing. So when when we found out that Sherry was dying, we were in Indy, and the I think Nick did it. I don't know honestly who did it, but we got videos from people oh, yeah. that were hauling our manure, that were cleaning up our farm, oh, that no were way. trucking uh, stuff for us, that were and it's just be like, hey, just so you know, and it's back to the thing. You know what? If I wouldn't have taken time to show up on Monday nights and yeah. be personal. to be a part of those people's lives. Someday I want to plug their holes, but those men, and they were different men from different groups, mm-hmm. plugged holes in times where I, I had just thrown my hands up. Mm-hmm. There is no way that you can replace that. And there's no way you can get that on a Sunday morning. Oh, for sure. No way. Yeah. No way. There's value in the Sunday morning, but you will not have guys show up to your house plugging holes. No. And I think that's what every guy needs to remember. When you get in a small group, it's about plugging holes. Yeah. Right? It's about being there when you're needed mm-hmm. and being there because people are going to need you. And it's going to be seasonal. Just like you said, there are going to be seasons of life where you're going to be plugging and there's going to be seasons of life where you need it plugged. Yeah. You know, and I think that group and groups that work well, groups that last. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. there is a difference. Uh-huh. Groups that gather yeah. and get sick of doing the same thing. Because I've always said this, like, how do you get sick of being with people you love? Yeah. Like, yeah. I get you're sick of studying the same thing, mm-hmm. talking about the same thing, doing the same format. But who, when God made us relational beings, regardless mm-hmm. of what that looks like, who gets burnt out from being with people who love you? Yeah. I think it speaks to the realism of the group not being superficial. Yeah, yeah. When it's superficial, Absolutely. it just becomes part of the motions and yep. then you get tired of the motions. Right. Yeah. But when it's when it's real and it's it's more than surface level, then again, it it you could become emotionally invested in it and that's an entirely different place to be. Right. Yep. So Joel, obviously we're gonna have to bring you back on yeah. because we're already 40 minutes and we try to keep the podcast. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we try to oh. Nick's Nick's analytics have told us people stop <laughs> listening after a while. Uh, do they not know about long form podcasts that are uh, three, three form podcasts. I guess that's something Nick's gonna have to inform us on. But we're not <laughs> but even before we get there, so I want you to give because I, I mean, I again, I think at least listening and watching, I feel like you've been a guy who chose to invest into other people. Yeah. Right. So, can you give some advice to <clears throat> people that are out there today? Mm. Like, what switched inside of you that made you organize your life in a way mm. to choose to have time to invest? Because this isn't just, you can't just say, mm-hmm. 
I want to invest in the lives of other people. Yeah. You have to choose a different lifestyle to be able to have the opportunity to invest. Yeah. So can you talk it, to yeah, our yeah. listeners about that? You know, what, what, what got you to that place and maybe what do you do? Well, it, it honestly goes back to the time my wife and I had in, in Kentucky that if we wanted to survive, we couldn't do it on our own. Okay. Physically, emotionally, whatever. Okay. It just wasn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. And and I don't mean like we were going to get divorced. No. I don't know. Right. I'm just saying it wasn't. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I don't know because we I didn't. I know what you're saying. Right. We, didn't, we didn't, you know, go that route of things. But like for us to be successful down there, we had to realize we can't do this just because you know, pull on our, our bootstraps yeah, or whatever. Sure. And it was people feeding into me at that point in my life. So you saw it happen. Yeah, to me okay. and to her. Um, and there was also just a um, sacrificing of saying, okay, God, whatever you want for us, we'll just do it. And and the stopping of the, the fighting God on things. Mm-hmm. And so why it's such a key piece to what I do and why I feel passionate about it and why I think it's so integral period is because it was for me. Mm -hmm. And so this is a direct reflection of the importance it was in my own life and my survivability and successfulness in that season of my life was a direct reflection of people like Jeremiah and Monty and some other people down in Kentucky just saying, Hey, let's, let's figure out how to do this life together and do it more successfully, but together. Right. And you said it, we're not meant to do life alone. If that mm-hmm. were the case, we'd all live in Alaska and, <laughs> you know, and maybe though, although maybe you do want to do that sometimes. <laughs> I don't. Um, I mean, and it speaks to, you know, why cities are so big, although I don't necessarily want that either. And so my words of wisdom are, if you, if you're in a place where you don't know and you and you don't have guidance and you feel lost, feed into somebody and you will find mm. when you feed into them how much it fixes what's going on with you. Because mm. so often what you hear is I'm not in a place right now where I can mm, do yeah. this, that or whatever yeah. the other. And I get it. I don't buy it. I get it. Because as soon as you feed into them, you'd be amazed how much that feeds right back into you. It's the same idea with mission trip. I remember when we did the trip to Haiti. There was a thought in my mind of like, I don't remember how much it was per person, $2,000 or Mm -hmm. something. Why am I spending $2,000 in a week of my time? I'm giving them that so I can go work for them. Mm -hmm. And then you soon realize, wait a second, I'm getting way more out of this. And I mean, I could tell you stories about that trip that are just so far beyond. I mean, it's just crazy, but you put yourself out there and yeah, it's going to take some sacrifice and whatnot. So why would you do that? Because of the impact you can make in someone else's lives. And how do you know that? Because they made that same impact in your life. Okay. So speak to the Grow Night people today, because there's tons of people in Grow Night groups right now. And speak to the people that, so I think it's in a couple of weeks, Nick, maybe three weeks, Nick uh, Taylor's going to be launching Mm -hmm. uh, sermon-based small groups. It's coming up in September. We're mentioning it Sunday. Okay. Okay. So so speak to to the people because in Grow Night, there are some first-time community people. Mm, yeah. right? So these are some first-time, like first time I've ever mm-hmm. been introduced to a group or a gathering together. And some of these people that are going to go up, what are some, so when you say, because I still think, you know, for us, this sounds normal. Yes, right? it does. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just go feed into right. somebody. Right? They're like, <laughs> yeah. Just be personal. Right. And, and yeah, like, can you give maybe a, one, like a practical, like invite a person to lunch, ask a person to coffee. I mean, oh, I, yeah, I, think- I mean, it's one thing that you could just say, if you could do one thing. So you're in this big group, you're in starting point, you're in the marriage class, right, yeah. you're in the, the workout, whatever the classes are, the parenting. If you could just do this one thing, try this one thing, walk up, talk to somebody, get to know. I mean, what, what would it be? Well, I would say anything that puts you slightly outside your comfort zone okay. mm-hmm. because there's no growth there. Right. Okay. It's just stagnation inside of it. As soon as you step out of it, yes, it's difficult. Yes, it's uncomfortable, but that's also, that means that's where your growth is going to happen. And it doesn't have to be something major. I mean, for someone like me in general, I can, I can have a conversation with just about anybody. Sure. Yeah, you can. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Um, and so that's not a, like to me to go up to a stranger and be like, Hey, why don't we just have, you know, let, I'll buy you a cup of coffee. With that being said, for some people, it's just as much as saying, Hey, introducing yourself okay. and asking questions. Okay. I think any small step forward is still a small step forward, but it's gotta be something that puts you slightly outside that comfort zone. And again, then the growth will start happening. And that's where Jesus happens more than anything else. Yeah. I would add to that. So if you're in a group with that, then mm-hmm. you mentioned it, but I want to highlight it a little bit in the group, whether it's a grow night group or a community group coming up, listen as much to what people say as you do what the word of God says to you. Yeah. So when you're in a group, identify those as they're speaking because as they speak, they're calling for help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are just people that are in your group. They might just not say like in some group, it's just like, help me. Right. right? I mean, mm-hmm. they just come out and say in other ways you can see through the way that they respond to certain things. Yeah. Be great listeners, I guess, is, is what you're well, saying. Well, it's only too. not great listeners to what they say, but also what God's saying to you. Right, for sure. Because like we were talking about Dave, that was um, Don just never met the guy, just saw him and instantly had God put something on his heart to just go say hi to him. Right. Wow. And that made all the difference in wow. his, in his world, um, and developed him into who he is now. Right. So it, it's not just what they say, but what also God's saying to you right. and then take that first step, whatever right. that is. Yeah. Whatever, whatever he asks you to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Okay. Jenny questions. All right. Question time. Oh boy. Here we go. The first one is from Dan Smelser. And he says, do you enjoy being the greatest volunteer team? Being on Uh, the greatest volunteer team. (laughs) You know, the tech team, winky face. (laughs) I... I, Nick and I had talked about this, um, years before and, uh, my previous job at the university didn't allow me to do that. Cause I worked weekends and by and large, my only day off was Sundays. And I was like, if I start working at church, church is become, going to become a job to yeah. me. And so when I started this new career, um, we talked, um, I mean, within six months or so of starting it, um, I was like, yeah, I want to do that. So what does it feel like? It feels great because I get to be invested in what's going on on Sunday mornings. And so I'm all about that. Yeah, good. (laughs) All right. This is from Tammy Dennis. And what do you want to accomplish in your running? So I also added to your bio that you love running. Oh, okay. Sure. If you want to see him, be up on 16 at some point. (laughs) Yeah. In the dark when I'm driving over to Isaac's. So I drive to, I leave Isaac's at my house in Urbana like 5, Uh 15, 520. In the morning? And I'm I'm usually out about six, six, fifteen. Light and going down. <laughs> it was either sixteen or it's I 16. can't remember the road I well, turned I'm, on. There's sometimes si- there's seven fifty. Yeah, but I'm like six thirty five well, and six hundred. I'm in the <laughs> yeah. dark. I'm like I did upgrade uh, vests now, and okay. so it's That's even good. more high vis. Oh, Jesus! I thought the one time I'm like, dude, I can hit him as easy oh, as that. Then I'm yeah, doing, I've upgraded since then. Yeah. Um, running wise, honestly, I don't train for anything. Um, I haven't raced. Well, that's not true. I raced at um, track and field world champion. I was not in the world championship. Okay. (laughs) Just, just throwing that out there. Um, I was there to watch it and there was a road race there, but outside of that, I haven't really raced in years. Um, I just, I'm a big proponent of being outside your comfort zone. And so like I do running because I like to feel the struggle mm-hmm. um, because that's where growth happens And running for me is anything I need it to be. So it, it, it can be a place where I have a heart to heart with God. It can be a place where I'm just listening to an audiobook. Yeah. It can just be something where every once in a while I just zone out yeah. uh, and get into that runner's high, all natural. Yep. Uh, I know. Right. <laughs> and, for all the runners, yeah, they know yeah. what you're talking about for the rest of us. They're like, ain't nothing I about running. Yeah. So yeah. I don't, I don't train for anything. I don't have any goals. Um, you never thought about doing like an ultra on Okay. So what like I was going to say at the end of, end of it, me? I, yeah, I've, I've known Goggins for years and yes, That's I've what read I mean. that like You never thought about it. Like, I feel like you would be that guy. I do too. I don't have any problems with it. If I'm going to do something like that though, I'm going to devote myself to it. And okay. I'm not in a place in my life where okay. that's a priority. No, that's I would. So that's what I say. If I had any goal, it would be too do something ridiculous like that. Yeah. And, and this is an arrogance, not braggadocious. It's like to go out and do a marathon. Not what? 
I know, right? That was I'm a good not word. Progadocious. Progadocious. <laughs> <laughs> I had not heard that one in a while. Oh. Braggadocious. Okay. That's not the point. Got it. Got it. Um, is is like to go out and do a marathon or something like that. That's great. And that's awesome. Like if that puts you somewhere where you have this huge sense of accomplishment, it just wouldn't for me okay. um, because I've been doing it for so long. Yeah. So doing something ultra running and some major trail running would be more of it. But again, I just don't have the time to devote to it. So again, not bragging. I thought of you the other day when I was watching that, I forget what it's called, but it was on Netflix where you run a mile and it's up into the hills and back on, you have 18 minutes and there is no end until you're the last person. What? Oh yeah. They have uh, lots of races like that. I can't remember. You just go, you have 18 minutes or yeah. 20 minutes, 20 minutes to do the do loop, it, the loop. And then you and do then it. You can as, only rest yes. for like, well, the rest is built into that 20 minutes. Yeah, so you try to get it done in 18 because at, tw- at the and end then of you time, have you mile rest. Getting, but mile? it's like 500 yeah. feet, 600 feet of elevation. Well, there's several of them. I don't know which one you're Either specifically way, talking about. I watched it and I'm like, on I was Netflix? fascinated yeah. and I was like, this is Joel Childs. Like, I, there was this skinny guy on there that <laughs> yeah. like, never seemed to run out of gas. And I'm like, Joel Childs, like the Energizer bunny. Yeah. Like, I bet he would never run out of gas either. I'll tell you what, if you want to see something that's ridiculous, obviously Reed can't hurt me. Um, yeah, for sure. That That's that's insane. Well, you don't mind the F word 500 times. Well, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> Take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, no, I love the book. Um, but um, Barclays is on Netflix and it's a arguably the toughest ultra marathon and it's in ten- East Tennessee. Uh, it's insane what they do too. Really? So check Barclays. that out. Barclays. 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 Uh, Barclays. With an S. Okay. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Barclays. No, I can see you as like an ultra crazy person. Uh, yeah, I can ultra too. Crazy. Are you saying people who do ultras are crazy? Yeah. Yeah. They're pretty wild. No, listen, know? when I listened to Goggins book and never finished, that was his, this last one. The second wrote, one. And I then read that one. the guy that wins this mm-hmm. race, that the smile thing. Yeah. Dude, the guy, when you look at him, his eyes, he was an ex Navy SEAL. Uh-huh. Oh, and his wow. eyes are like, Fucking out. Yes. <laughs> and he just looks at it and he's yes. like, you, yeah. you can't kill me. I am a god. I am a god. Oh, <laughs> my, my god. Joel Childs. No. <laughs> no. I no. know. I know. But I, it yeah. does take a level yeah. of yes. mental fortitude. This is the thing I love about yeah. Goggins. I completely agree that most of our challenges are mental, not physical. Oh, oh our greatest limitation, it's, like 90%. it's us. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when, when I read the Goggins book, I'm like, I am such a baby. Yes. What is wrong with me? <laughs> yes. Why am I such a baby? I can't even make, I work by a gym every single day. I can't make oh it out God. there. What is wrong with me? Especially because the first book I listened to when it was, with him was living with a seal. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. so that that's a great one though. Oh, I loved that book. And the guy yeah. that the What's lady, the, that the guy de- who wrote it, the uh, guy, she, he's married to the one that created Spanx. Spanx. Yeah. I can't, yeah, I can't oh. remember. I was oh. Atlanta, Georgia. I can't think yeah, of anyway, his name. I bet Adam Shoemaker seal, knows though. Living with the monks. <laughs> yeah. Living with the monks. Yeah. Yeah. No, those are great books. Anyway, sorry. That's All right. So the second part of the question was how did you discover that you enjoy running? Um, That's a good question. Mm-hmm. So I grew up in Indiana, so I always played basketball. And believe it or not, um, I was actually big for my age. <laughs> so um, I was pretty good um, at basketball as, you know, like a fifth and can sixth still, grader. Can you still hoop it up? I mean, yeah, for sure. Can you? Yeah. Okay. Um, so do you go to like Tuesday basketball at the Y or any of that? I, no. Okay. It's not a priority, but I can okay. definitely still no. do it. But, um, and so I got into it just for conditioning. And then as I got older and I quit growing and everybody else kept, kept growing and I just got better and better at running mm. and, um, and then I just never gave it up. Okay. That's wow. pretty impressive yeah. to keep running. <laughs> I know. And like, have you had a lot of in- like injuries? Um, no, not really. I mean, it, I would say the most common thing is like plantar fasciitis, shin splints, but that's, that's not really like, I'm t- like bones. Like uh, you're out. Like Jen. Like me. Like Jenny's yeah. bones and Stress fracture or yeah. stress reactions. If you on it, outside of genetic issues or that, or some sort of traumatic, like a car accident or something like that. Right. If you start early enough, the body responds quick enough to these stimuluses and stressors. Um, 
that you really, for the most part, don't have to worry about those sort of things. Like when people come to me and ask about running, which is cool. I got no problems with that. Um, I'm always like, well, first of all, how old are you and have you ever done it before? Um, because you know, if you're coming to me and you've never done it before and you're 50 years old, I'm like, okay, two days a week, best. That's it. At first. Yeah, at first. Oh, I feel good about myself. <laughs> <laughs> you talk about not breaking a bone. Oh. Well, because Well, you're all telling of that- me I only run two days a week. <laughs> no, I didn't Thank finish though. Oh. Only run two days a week. The other, th- you know, like two or three should be some form of resistance training still so that that body still responds to the stimulus Yeah, and elliptical or, I mean, swing is really, really good. Um, bike, bike um, or elliptic go, which you is have to stretch. Cause that's no. that. No. Amen. Yeah. Elliptic go is What's a thing. Elliptic go? It's the bike version of elliptical So it's a bike one. on the road where you're elliptical ling. It's called elliptico. Elliptico. Why don't we have an elliptico? You'd have to take it outside. It's it's a bicycle. Oh, it's a bicycle oh. on the road. Got you. Got you. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 So yeah, it's like the bike. So got I you. Can't ride a bike. Now that's where you would start, and then you yeah. would slowly, as your body, because what takes the longest to adapt are ligaments mm-hmm. and that sort of thing, and then bones. Yeah. And so they will eventually. Like one of the best things you could do for osteoporosis and stuff like that, if you have a genetic disposition towards that is any sort of resistance training. Dr. Joel. Sorry, I also have a, no, a master's in I'm, I'm like, hey, if your bones are deteriorating, yeah. go out and run five miles. You'll be no, perfect. No, that's not what I said. <laughs> yeah, that is not I what, what I said. what you have to say. I know what you're so saying. So I, I have a master's in health, well, Not to be braggadocious, but go well, ahead. Well, no, I'm saying that's why there's a background to you. Yeah. I think one of the best things you can do, period, the older you get is actually weightlifting. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. people look at me and I, Troy brought this. Well, I think Troy, did, somebody did. I've been made fun Troy of would. several times Troy on this podcast. Yeah, I know. Believe it or not. <laughs> uh, is um, weightlifting is one of the most crucial things you can yeah. do the older you get. It's important with younger age because it helps develop coordination, but it's even more important the Retaining older you get it. because you lose muscle mass. Mm-hmm. And so like doing little easy things like standing up is difficult. Well, how do you fix that through strength training to help with the coordination, but it's also resistance training right. with help, which helps harden the bones. Yep. And so anyway, now we're way beyond the question. We no, listen, I'm I'm good. I'm gonna go lift weights after this. Yep. <laughs> Make sure you incorporate a little bit of plyos. Make sure it's relevant plyos. to your plyos. Some cardio. Yeah, plyos. Plyos like any it can be jumping jacks. It, sure. No. There's all sorts of calisthenics planet. I'll tell you plyos. what I won't do is a burpee. Well, nope. Oh, they're the best. I can get on the treadmill and run a mile. Yeah. But yeah, no, other than that, it's you know, you make Nick feel bad when you do that. You do. Why? You do. Nick, do you want to talk about that? Well, I haven't ran in five years. I don't. I've ran an eight-minute mile. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't run, but for whatever reason, it tends to work on a treadmill. I think it's different. Well, it is. Yeah, I mean, I think a treadmill's way easier. But Do you you want to get into the science of that, too? Do what? You You want to get into the science of that? Because it is way easier? Because it it pushes you forward. Yeah, no, I mean, it's just way easier. It propels you and you respond to it as compared to the ground. You're Mm -hmm. propelling yourself. Yeah, Yeah, no, I think it's way easier to run on a treadmill. It's different. For me personally. I hate it. I call it the dreadmill. That's what everybody calls it. <laughs> it's awful. Yeah. That's so, where you can really zone out because you don't have to worry about cars or nothing. I, okay, sure. That's, okay. I love it. Hey, he ain't worried about a car, about raining over a few mornings. <laughs> True. <laughs> I got pulled over last winter on uh, 635 running? running at night or running in the morning. How'd you get pulled over? <laughs> I had, I had a light up front, a light in back. And a high-vis vest on, and a cop pulled me over. Because they thought you were a car? No, he was like, hey, <laughs> he's like, hey, you're doing everything right, blah, 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 but please, would you get something that's even brighter? Okay. I'm just looking out for you, and I said, I appreciate it, and, and then I did. Over. Yeah, so I'm running along, cop goes by, and, and then lights flick on. I'm like, oh, that's weird. I didn't see another car, and I kept on going, and then I hear a whoop, whoop, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm getting pulled over right now over by Norwood. Do you want to go into my rant about why cops are worried about pulling over runners? That's well, hilarious. Okay, let's not. I'm going to Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay, next question is from Corinne Bates. Oh, she calls me Josh. She doesn't know my name. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, my gosh. I love Josh. <laughs> Told you. Josh is one of our best production volunteers. I'm Josh gonna... is 100% unforgettable. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. I'm just messing. Joel, 
He's an awesome dude who knows what he's doing. Thanks for being awesome. Karen. I appreciate it. I'm still not sure who she is, but (laughs) any random compliment I'll take. Right, Bree Sullivan. Joel has been a great friend to Riley, and Uh, for that, I am so grateful. What is your favorite thing about your men's group? Um... I think you've said a lot. Yeah, yeah. honestly, yeah, I I've, I've the relationships. Yeah, the relationships yeah. and just the openness to help yeah. is the biggest thing I would say. All right, next question. Keely Oswald, what is the most impactful thing that you have learned or that God taught you on the mission trip? Um, don't go in with expectations. Mm, good one. Excuse me. Like, um, I've been on missions trip. And, um, so going into this, I thought, okay, yeah, I'll do this, this, or, you know, it'll be like this, that, or whatever. And like, um, I mean, I don't know if we're out of time or whatever, but I'll tell another story. Like at some point there was a miscommunication and I'm, not on me, I might add. Uh, oh, no, Troy, it's right, not Keely. It was on the leaders. It was either Troy right. or Keeley. I'm it not was, saying yeah, who. It's for sure Keeley. Absolutely. Well, I didn't say that. <laughs> but long story short, I was told um, with about 24 hours that I was going to do a devotional for before the food giveaway. So, oh, you know. didn't know that? No, I had no idea. Oh. So. That was a big deal. I, I know. Wow. <laughs> and, and at some point, Troy, I think Troy had said like, Hey, Joel's always down to do a devotional. I'm yeah. like, yeah, sure. Why yeah. not? And somehow that became me being in charge of this for a hundred people or however many it was, which is fine. Except I learned literally the night before and I'm like, uh, I got nothing. And it was in the morning. <laughs> I got nothing. So I spent like 45 minutes that night before bed. Then I went to bed, read some scripture, prayed on it. Next morning, finished it. And I was like, okay, let's and it see was what awesome. happened. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. It got done. See? Um, but like just being open to the spirit moving through you, Dave, that's a shout out to the Holy Spirit conversation yesterday. Oh, Dave. Um, it's just being open to the spirit moving through you and just saying, okay, well, if this is what you want me to do, then let's do it. And then diving in head first and not being scared about it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah good. That's what I would say. All right. Next one is from Angie Sendo. She says like run for fun, gross, <laughs> puke face. <laughs> Listen, it's all about your perspective. Perspective yes. creates reality. So if you go into yep. it saying this is going to be awful, congratulations. Yeah. You've left one option and it's going to be awful. Yes, it is. Also, running is not a punishment. So whoever started that when you're five years when old you're in, in sports. This is how it happened my fifth and sixth grade team. Oh my team. gosh, I, I hate said, this. Yep. One more of you guys don't do this right. You see that pole yep. clear across go the- Go run to Go it. run yep. to the pole yeah. and back. Yeah. There's nothing more natural than weightlifting and running. There's nothing more natural, neither of which are punishments. Mm-hmm. Okay, got it. But they are always used as punishments. Absolutely, they yeah. are. Yeah. yeah. Every time we drop so a flyer, we'd have to if run If you don't mile. like running, change your perspective, but also make sure what you're doing is appropriate for you. Got yes. it. Yes. All right, Karen Bennett. Have they announced social security increases for the next year? Oh my year? gosh. No, they haven't. <laughs> that information is doesn't that usually oh, this is the other yeah, this the is other side of what yes. I do. Yeah. Uh, but they didn't even find uh, out about you. No, uh, retirement and Medicare specialist. Um as of right now, there's no COLA, which is cost of living adjustment. Um there's always a slight adjustment due to inflation. <laughs> they haven't said what it's gonna be yet. Okay, Karen. I tried to make that as abrupt as possible. Yeah, that Nobody wants to have that. that I mean, great. I want to have that conversation. Yeah, no, but. yeah, but yeah. We'll find it. Karen. I'm sure she wants to. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right, Jamie Tackett. Mark 10, 27 says, with man, this is impossible, but with not with God, all things are possible. Tell us about a time in your life that not only God could show up and show out. Any mission trip I've ever been on in that season of life in Kentucky. And we've kind of talked about that. Yeah, yep, for sure. Any, any, especially in in Haiti, there were things that we saw and that, I mean, and Mike's told stories about being in third world countries and Haiti is, um, there are stories that there's no way it was outside of just the Holy Spirit doing crazy things in people's lives. Really? Oh, Yeah. Have you, you've not been to a third world country? Mm, no. Well, oh. Dominican Republic, but I was in a nice place. Yeah, yeah no. Uh-uh. But yeah. like when we would drive around, like, like I, I would always, like, I want to do that so bad. No, I can't figure it out. That's what I've still to this day. 
what wonder, because there are just things that happen and people are like, well, it's because that's all you're focused on. I'm yeah. like, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. There I think it's like what? I think it's being in a place where the only thing you have is God. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. so it allows God to do everything for you. And you see those sort of miracles or whatever that you read about in the Bible where we, again, here in the United States, we limit God. Well, God can't possibly do this, or God doesn't have enough time for this, where you go to third world country, they don't have any other options. We're yeah. blessed. Yeah. Like with, yeah. So that's what I, I would say more than anything else. Yeah, I don't know. It just seems like, I did not say that God's more present. Maybe that's maybe that's the maybe. terminology it's because it's all you're thinking about, but I don't know. I think it's more what you said, and I just think we limit God. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think we allow for the freedom of the Holy Spirit. Yep. Not in a weird way. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I, one of the things I laugh at all the time is the when I do get on social media, and you get on there, and these all of a sudden, have you seen these posts where the guy's, like, talking, and he's like, Shub-a-la! and all no. of a sudden, these guys are up there, No! Oh, it's but charismatic. What? Have you seen it? Pentecostal. No. Oh, like, uh, your analytics, like, what are you watching? <laughs> no, like, that's weird. Like, you never yeah. seen that? The thing? algorithm. No. like walking around, walking around, he walks up, he's like, <laughs> no, but that, I can see it in my I head. I don't think that's exactly what we're talking about. No, no, we're not. The spirit, no, but, I no. think you should do it on Sunday. But I do think that there is something about us limiting well, yeah, because we have everything. I mean, much. we saw something similar to that in Haiti when we laid hands on a guy. Mm. and The Shambhalika? <laughs> not quite that. And they weren't up dancing around. Yeah. But we, I mean, anyway. Yeah, There's some craziness. I, we just t- say one short crazy story uh, from Haiti f- from, that you experience. I just love, like, um, I love the, the, like different cultures and stuff. Something that you experience. Well, I mean, that would be one. Um, actually, um, Corbin's wife, Haley, um, when we were down there, we were working in a, um, a shanty town. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they are literally just shacks with corrugated steel. And everybody drinks out of this water trough going down the, going next to the road, which all of the dirt uh. and debris rolls into, but you also bathe in and clean in and that you're drinking water and so on and so forth. Um Haley, we were walking by and she all of a sudden had this vision of this house at this house. And we went to our guide and, and he was like, oh, that's a, that's a witchcraft house right there. <gasps> and I mean, I'm, again, story for another time, but they're laying hands and a guy literally, I wouldn't say convulsions, but ser- I mean, it was like you would see in a horror movie. Yeah, like with, exorcisms. Yeah, stuff. I mean, that's way more dramatic, but that type of idea, that was what happened there. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So it was crazy. Lots wow. of stories. I love stories. <laughs> All right. Any more questions? Nope. No more questions. All right. That's it, huh? All right. <laughs> oh, wow. We haven't done this one this long in a really long time. Yeah. Wait, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Good. Oh, listen, that's- we just try to follow Nick's lead. So Nick tells us to keep it at 40 minutes, but listen, sometimes we, we, just, we just keep going. We're yeah. going to do a We're part just two. We're going to keep going. <laughs> part two. Yeah, so give the yeah. number. Go, go ahead and give the number, Jen. Yep. So if you want to be a part of the texting group and you're not on it, which you should be, because we send in a text each week that lets you know who's going to be on the podcast. And we want you to fill back out questions, or you can text us throughout the week. Or if you know somebody that wants to be on the podcast, or you want to be on the podcast, then text podcast to 260-408-8383 and it'll be on the screen yes it is (laughs) (laughs) yeah so joel thank you so if you guys that are watching or listening you have opportunity to see joel on a sunday morning i think he's a second service guy nope first service are you first Mm. service guy yeah so either way try to get an opportunity to say hi yeah but Um, make sure you go early because He'll talk your ear off. Please. <laughs> That's the pot you know, like the kettle black. Yeah, yeah, and hopefully you guys that are listening or watching too can walk away with again some of the some of the stories that were told today, just the the influence that community can have. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so if you're not in community, if you're not uh surrounded with people that want to build into you, I think Joel's story of everything that we talked about is just a definite testimony to mm-hmm. how relationships can change everything. You yeah. know, and so we just appreciate you sharing that. And again, remember. 
when Jenny shares this uh, clip that she puts out, make sure that we share it. So mm -hmm. if you're on Facebook, share it, like it, comments. Yeah. Those are really good. We love yeah. that if you guys would comment about the podcast or, you know, anything, it allows us an opportunity to get into a conversation or it allows the, uh, the podcast to get out in places that it mm -hmm. wouldn't normally get out to. Yeah. So don't forget to do that. So again, Joel, thank you. Yes. Everybody that's out there listening and watching, thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.